Hello, it's Bonnie here today and thanks for listening to The Leader, Coronavirus Daily. If you're a new listener, welcome. We hope you enjoy today's news and interviews. And if you do, then please subscribe. And if you have a moment, give us a rating too. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader, Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm Bonnie Christian. Force's sweetheart and national icon, Dame Vera Lynn, has died at the age of 103. Dame Vera's charm and her beloved songs are remembered for uplifting the nation through some of its darkest hours in the Second World War. The Armed Forces Charity says she still remains a symbol of hope today. And... I'm now going to go and join a Zoom call with some pupils from Waterloo Primary Academy in Blackpool to find out what kindness means to them. The Duchess of Cambridge offers words of support for children struggling with the return to the classroom. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader, Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the nation pays tribute to Dame Vera Lynn. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Again, don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Dame Vera Lynn's songs of hope to soldiers during the Second World War were echoed only recently by the Queen as she rallied Britain in the face of a global pandemic. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. Our editorial column says her passing today is poignant, coming on the day that France's President Emmanuel Macron comes to London to commemorate the 80th anniversary of the wartime broadcast by Charles de Gaulle, announcing the launch of the French Resistance. Dame Vera won hearts with her performances for troops and her sad loss reminds us of the great sacrifices that the war generations made on all our behalf. The same applies too, of course, to Mr Macron's visit. 
which recognises what a significant moment General de Gaulle's broadcast was in helping to pave the way for Hitler's defeat. All our lives have been far better as a result, and Mr Macron's decision to bestow his country's highest honour, the Légion d'honneur, on London is both justified and an accolade of which we should all be proud. It is also a reminder of the great links between this country and our French neighbours, and the truth that despite intermittent tensions and even past wars between us, Britain and France are stronger when working together. In May, Dame Vera urged the nation to remember the brave boys and what they sacrificed for us. Today they remember what she gave to them as the force's sweetheart who brought hope and inspiration as they faced their darkest days on the front line of World War II. Sir Andrew Gregory, CEO of SAFA, the armed forces charity, says Dame Vera has persevered as that symbol of hope, especially as the nation faces a pandemic. He joins me now. Andrew, what was it about Dame Vera that's made her such an icon? So in the British Army, there are six values, courage, loyalty, integrity, discipline, selfless commitment and respect for others. What Dame Vera had, she respected everybody. She took everybody for who they were. She encouraged people to be their best, to be true to themselves. And that is hugely important. So... um, As well as her own personal qualities, she was brave, she was prepared to go out onto the front line to make uh, men and women feel valued. She gave uh, what in the British Army we call the moral component of fighting power. She gave people the will to fight, she bolstered morale and that was a unique quality. Just last month she urged the nation to remember the brave boys and what they sacrificed for us. What do you think they're remembering about her today? I talked uh, to one of my sons who is serving in the British Army and he said this morning she was a legend uh, because um, though they'd never met her, though she was probably their great-grandmother in many ways, they felt uh, she espoused the values they lived by in the armed forces. And whether they served in the 1940s whether they served in the 60s and 70s, whether they're serving today, those values are timeless and Dame Vera was timeless. When the nation went into lockdown in March, the Queen evoked her words, we will meet again. What impact is Dame Vera and her songs still having on the country today amid a global pandemic? Uh, I think it's huge. Uh, So in the 1940s, it was very difficult to see light at the end of the tunnel. And for many people, that same challenge is facing them. They're struggling financially, uh, they're feeling isolated, they're lonely. And Her Majesty used Dame Vera's words for exactly that reason. And certainly in SAFA, the Armed Forces Charity, we are finding increasing numbers of people are coming to us feeling very isolated. And I think what Dame Vera would say to those people is, don't suffer in silence. Please seek help. The nation is here for you. Safa, the Armed Forces Charity, for whom she was a fantastic ambassador, is here for you. Don't feel isolated and lonely. And that's why today, of course, it is sad that we've lost such a wonderful person. But she would say, don't be sad. Celebrate my life 
and live by what I espoused. Next. I think what we're dealing with this week is a group of quite frightened young people coming back into a world that they're quite uncertain about. The Harris Federation's Carolyn English on how the country's children are struggling with another big change, returning to school. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Who wants to tell me what kindness means? Treat people how you want to be treated. Um, sharing. That's kindness. The Duchess of Cambridge reassured students today their feelings of frustration over the coronavirus lockdown won't last forever. At a virtual school hall for the Oak National Academy, she said it's important they look after each other. And as pressure grows for children to return to school, Kate's tapped into a serious warning coming from the Harris Federation, who says children will be behind in their emotional development, with signs that those who have already returned have been withdrawn. The Federation's secondary director, Carolyn English, says there's a delicate balance to get right as more classrooms reopen. She joins me now. Carolyn, what is the Harris Federation worried about as school returns? So what we're seeing when they come back is they're actually quite frightened. And these are teenagers and the ones that are coming back now are sort of 14, 15. And they're actually arriving very frightened because some of them haven't been out of the house for three months so they're having to deal with that returning and and suddenly going back somewhere um to a school environment which is very different because of the social distancing and the general fear around COVID-19 I think that's quite a frightening experience for them are their friends still going to know them are their teachers going to recognize them and I suspect the um science tells us that in the next few weeks we will start to see children feel a bit angry, the stress levels will will bubble up, they might not behave as well as they should because they're going to start having to to come out of that fear and they're going to go into a, I guess guess it's the biology of it, is the fight or flight. And they've been in that that psychological um, framework in the last three months where they've been on high alert because COVID-19 is by definition, a traumatic experience over quite a long period of time, high anxiety is going to mean they're on high alert and their body's all ready to hide or to fight. And at the moment, I think they're in hide mode because they're quite frightened. And I suspect we'll have some issues where they need to let off steam and are going to find it difficult readjusting. So what are schools, what can they do and what are they doing to prepare for these children coming back? We made a concerted effort to really focus on the mental health or the well-being is the word we're using of staff and students when they come back. The psychology of um, and the biology of how the brain works and what the children would have been experiencing and what effect that will have on how they feel, their ability to concentrate in lessons, that's going to be severely impaired for a while because 
if you're constantly on high alert, you can't focus on your learning. Um, the reaction to somebody who might say the wrong thing to them might be more extreme than them we would see normally. We've got children that are very emotional. Um, There's some that have experienced bereavement and we know that bereavement makes children very worried. So we've got counsellors in schools as we always have had, but what we're, what we're thinking is that there'll be a wider range of students that are going to need a sort of a universal support. So what we've done is we want all the staff to be ready to accept the children back and understand how their brains might be working and how they might be behaving as a consequence so they can deal better with that. How does this issue of well-being add to the complexity of getting children back to school? Obviously, the government's under a lot of pressure to reopen schools quickly. Do you think that's the best way forward? It adds to the argument, if there is an argument, for bringing children back to school more quickly because the summer is going to add another six weeks of something which isn't normal a normal situation to children. So I think in, in a way, the more children we can get back through the door just to touch base, say hello, and letting them know that life, you know, should get back to normal one day, I think that helps. So even if children came in for a day or two, just to sit, say hello to their teachers and their friends, if we can manage that, it would help a lot. So I think there's a strong argument for children coming back to school in order to help support their mental health. Um, however, some children who are very frightened about coming back to school, it might not be the right thing for them to come back now. We might need to take more time in explaining that outside the school before they come back. So you don't want to add more trauma to their lives already. But some children, I think, genuinely really do need to come back. And that's the leader, Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. The podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. We'll see you then.